Tanya for the 5th of Nisan, but first a story. Rabbi Yitzchak Varki passed away. His son Menachem Mendel Varki took him over as rabbi. Menachem Mendel Varki until then had been very close with his father's Hasidim, but as soon as he became a rebbe, he appointed a guard, and people couldn't just walk in as they had until then. And he put a he put a large distance between himself and his, and his community because, you know, he was a rebbe now, and the community, well, there were people, there were members of the community who were very upset and very hurt, and. Menachem and Dovraki called them all in and told them, he said, listen, let me, let, me, let me explain this to you. He said, Yosef and his brothers had a very close relationship and they ate and they drank together. And then Yaakov passed away and Yosef's brothers assumed that he hated them. And they, they, they made a pretext, a pretext and they, they said that our father told us um, to, um, that they shouldn't hate us. And he, of course, explained to them that, they, that he didn't hate them. And he asked, why would they think that they would hate him? And obviously... The answer is he didn't spend the same quality time that he did until then. And the answer, the reason why he didn't do that is because he was now the Rebbe. He was now in charge of the Jewish people, in charge of, of all the responsibilities. And he couldn't afford to, to have that same type of relationship as he had before. So Menachem Mendel Verku explained that, you know, now that my father passed away and I'm the Rebbe, I need to now have a door in between us and you can't just walk in as you, as you did before. With today, we're starting chapter 40 of the Tanya. And chapter 40 is continuing directly from before, the, the, the topic of Kavana. Today's Tanya is very long. There's four separate topics, if you want to divide it up, which I'll, I'll do a summary at the very end explaining all the four different topics. We'll move th- through it quickly. And the first idea mentioned in today's Tanya is that without Kavana, without Lishma, mitzvahs don't rise above. They don't rise above to the heavens and don't go in front of Hashem in the in the in the ideal format without a person doing it for the sake of Hashem. Even in the lower form of doing it for the sake of Hashem, it needs that. So without doing learning Torah, doing mitzvahs, and, and having in mind in this case, learning Torah, without a person having in mind for the sake of Hashem, connecting to Hashem, fear and love of God, you can't go into the ten spheres. Even in the ten spheres of the lowest world, the fourth world, which we haven't really discussed until now, without a person actually having love and fear of God, doing it for the sake of God, the Torah can't, can't rise. Raklimud, so where does this Torah go? Let's say a person just opens up a book. He doesn't have any bad intention, he just doesn't have any good intentions. He just opens us a, a Gemara and starts learning Gemara. What happens now to that Torah? So, What happens is the Torah rises, but not into the center of the world of Yitzira or Asiya or, or Bria. What happens is it hangs out, we discussed this idea earlier on, into the external parts of the world where the Malachim hang out, where the chambers are, the base Hamigdash, the center, the, the Yudke Vavke of every world, the ten spheres, that part of the world, Torah without love and fear, it just can't go there. It can't go lifnei Hashem. is the ten spheres. So what it does is it goes to the higher worlds, depending on what it is, as we're going to mention in a moment. And it goes to the higher worlds, but it doesn't go into the center, into the into the ten spheres of the world. It goes into the external part of the world. That's a person that Chaim Vital writes like this. Beshar um, so he says, mitzvahs and Torah respectively have Yitzira and 
Asiyah, they go to the external, creates Malachim, which Malachim are external parts of the world, in those worlds. Now, the Altar has a massive question with the difference between Kavana and Lishma, and the Altar is going to answer it with a few words. The scope of this shit doesn't really re- enable us to, to analyze it too much. Malachim and all the angels, they have both the matter and the form, and so that clears up a lot of questions a person might have between the difference between Kavana and Lishma. We're going to keep moving. What about where a person has a negative motive when learning? He says, well, my ego needs to people to stand up when I walk into a room. Well, you know what? Let me learn some Torah. That's very negative. That's that's not... Again, you should still do it as we discussed in yesterday's time. You do all good... Do goodness. It doesn't matter what your motive is. At the same time, there's, there's an ulterior motive. There's an ego connected to that. What happens is the, the mitzvah or Torah that he did with his ego or did with negativity, worse negativity, it stays in this world. Now we're going to have a quick um, note and the note's going to prove that words of Torah ascend above and they go through the heavens. I'll read in the Hebrew. And a third source, The point is, Torah goes and that sends into the higher world. Now I'll continue in the topic. The Zoya says like this on the Pasuk, what um, benefit is there is there for all the work a person does under the heaven, under the sun, which implies that work that's under the sun doesn't have the same benefit, doesn't profit the person in the same way, because it's under the sun. He didn't actually have kavana and therefore didn't have wings and didn't fly above. If a person does it for his own glory, it's it's a labor under the sun, and therefore there's no benefit. That's what we say about the Chachamim, who they go to Shamaim and they have their Talmud, they have their learning with them. Why is it in their hand? The Talmud's in their hand because they actually had love and fear, and therefore they rose together with them as they went up. And remain down here. Now, the second idea of today's Tanya is talking about the contraction of this world. The godliness contraction of this world, how it works. Now, of course, we have, we're presented with a massive problem when you start to think about it. You realize, wait a second, Torah is unlimited. It's connected with, to God with a complete unity. And now we're talking about, well, is it, does it ascend, does it not ascend? If you have a positive intention, well, it ascends. If you have a neutral, well, then it ascends partially to the external parts. And if you have negative, it doesn't. We say, hold up. Torah is connected with one with God. It always ascends. It's always already ascended. Why does our puny little actions impact, seemingly, the ascent of Torah or the lack of there- thereof? That's what we're going to discuss now. Now, godliness fills everywhere. But we see, practically speaking, this world is a world where you don't feel God in this. What's actually different about this world than the higher worlds? There's two elements. First thing is, you look at the higher worlds, well, I'm not able right now, but we understand the way the higher worlds work, they're getting much stronger influx of spirituality. And secondly, with another difference between the higher worlds and the lower worlds, Okay, so the second difference is that the higher worlds have less have less restrictions on the light. So not only is the light so much stronger there, the restrictions are much less. This world, on, on the hand, this world on the hand has both of these negativities. Firstly, 
very little godly light comes down into this world because we look around at, at the tables and chairs and roofs and and floors and we don't see the godliness flowing from, from it and those and additionally the energy that does come in you we don't even we can't even appreciate the tiny energy that does come into this world or it's covered with garments and veils and curtains and what happens is it, it gets restricted to such a degree that everything is enveloped in this klipas noiga, this neutral energy which hides the godliness completely. That's the second point. The third point is that when in Torah itself, there's no concealment. Torah has this incredible ability that we, what we talked about in chapter 38, 39, and now a little bit of 40, that there are all these different um, limitations on this world. Torah, on the other hand, isn't defined by those limitations, at least not in the conventional way, on one element of the spectrum. And again, that this it, it depends on the Simpson verse Hester upon him dimension that we discussed earlier. Now, when a person learns Torah without Kavana, he just learns Torah. No, no love and fear accompanied it. So, when a person learns Torah, the negativity that usually blocks all the holiness isn't there. When a person talks regular or negative, um, um, things in this world uses his mouth to talk just random stuff that is enclosed in clipper snow again neutral energy an energy which isn't directly connected to god of course there's nothing there's nothing um completely hidden from god from god's perspective everything is god and god is everything and we you know what we see is not really the truth of the matter nonetheless after let's god is called a hidden love so what happens is that when a person has a regular conversation, he talks about the sports or talks about something, whatever it is, the words that he's talking about, though it might be holy in this truth because everything is God and God is everything, when the, when it comes into this world, it comes connected to the neutrality and the, 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 the hidden force that God used to enclose his holiness inside. But, and this is the operative word, though Torah might be words... And just like any, we're talking about the sports, we're talking about the weather. Tyra is seemingly is the same noises. It's not entirely. When a person says words of Tyra or Tefillah, what happens is, is that it doesn't, Tyra and Tefillah don't follow by the rules of everything else in this world, that everything has to be hidden by a veil of, of Klippas Noiga, by a neutral energy of negativity. Torah entirely circumvents this system and just becomes complete holiness. And now the fourth, the fourth idea of today's of today's Tanya, and that is the advantage of Torah admits us that when it's done for God's sake, that it entirely doesn't deal with symptoms. The the regular contractions that occur in this world don't affect Torah admits us. Let's Now, what's interesting is when a person learns Torah. He's talking to her in a physical world with a physical mouth. His mouth is moving, making the same similar sounds as as what a person would be dealing with in any other form of... of. You'd look from afar and you say, well, I don't know if the person's learning Torah if he's just talking about the sports. 
It's still, it has the restrictions of the physicality of this world. Now what happens is when a person learns Torah and learns Torah with intention, he elevates the Torah to a place that regular things couldn't have gone at all because he's involved now in Torah and so he completely elevates it. So what happens is when a person learns Torah, what they're able to do, even though it seemingly is the same physical world, the fact that they're involved in Torah, they're able to elevate those words, elevate the entire situation. And again, we're talking about when a person does it with Kavana, so they're elevating everything along with it. And it brings that Torah to in place where, naturally speaking, things limited by this world would never be able to reach. In summary, four ideas are spoken about so far in a very long Tanya. Number one, without Kavana, nothing rises. If you want things, spiritual things in this world, and again, this is the topic of what's at hand. We're talking about the power of of intention, having in mind love and fear of God and how that accompanies the action and makes it so much greater, like a like the literally difference between a living body and a dead body, but without having intention of God, having love and fear of God, doing it for that for the sake of God, to connect to God. It just doesn't go above, not in the same way at all. Number two, how Simpson works in this world, how everything has to go through a veil and a and a constriction in order to be able to be worthy of being part of this world or able to be part of this world. Idea number three is, in Torah, there's no Hester upon him. There's no, uh, um, this ve- this massive veil that covers absolutely everything that's physical in this world. Torah circumvents it entirely. And the fourth idea is the advantage of Torah mitzvahs if done lishma. If done with the kavana, there's no symptom at all, and we're taught, we, you, you unleash the full potency of spirituality on something when you learn Torah, not just regular Torah, but Torah with actual intention. Thank you so much for joining the Tanya Tanya Tzilinish Meshashana Be'Avcha Anu Shalom Anu Tzachman Tzuchas Arat Tzif Shemun Daniel Kabam Daniel and Fush Shem Farah Menachem Shemusiyah Sebat Tzachman Menachem Sarah Kedem Chaim Mishkuv Chaim Tzvayer Tzvayer Lena Belat and anyone else needs to have a wonderful and very successful day. Thank you so much for joining.